Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Welcome to Marketing Today. I'm your host, Alan Hart, managing partner of Atomic, combining brand science and creative fire. Today on the podcast, I've got Linda Boff, Chief Marketing Officer at GE. Today on the show, we talk about the many stakeholders as CMO of GE, from employees, business units, and investors, as well as customers. How GE's been driving transition from an industrial mega corporation to the world's largest digital startup. We also discuss a number of unconventional B2B marketing tactics, from short films to the use of humor to their digital and e-commerce initiatives. Well, Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. And um, one of the things I wanted to say uh, is many people know your name. As soon as I say Linda Boff, everyone knows CMO of GE. But how did you actually get started? So I, I have to tell you, I love this question because we're doing it on a podcast. And I got started um, way back in the dinosaur age on radio. So my first love was um, was radio. I was a disc jockey in college. Um, for four years, I graduated and went to work at ABC Radio News. And I think um, I, I sort of had this fantasy, which which has gone unrealized, of, of being on the radio. So uh, so the fact that you and I are talking on a podcast, I guess, means my dreams came true. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so I, I started off with radio, but I, um, I was a, a psych major 
in college. And I think I've always been really fascinated, Alan, by behavior and what motivates people. And I think while there are many, many aspects of marketing, I think that that focus on uh, what drives people and sort of what I would now call, I wouldn't have back then, a market-backed approach is, is, is kind of what propelled me from the beginning. Interesting. So we actually came cross paths at a CMO club summit probably a year or two ago. And one of the things I did notice as, and it's interesting that you have a psych degree background, um, was the intense listening that you had as other CMOs in the groups were talking. I was just blown away by the fact, I mean, how, how intently you were listening to their responses and answers to things. It said a lot about a person when you can just feel that the, they're absorbing that much information from other people. Really nice. That's really nice. Now, now I'm going to be particularly conscious of it going forward but I <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I actually I, pre, I really do appreciate it I actually do think it's incredibly important to listen um, and you know to listen to all sides you know listen to different perspectives I think for for any of us after you've you know been either at a company um, GE where I've been for you know a dozen years or in a field like marketing where you know I've spent most of my life you can um, you know you can get into your bubble and what I've tried pretty hard to do is listen to people who are both like me and learn from from them you know the whether it's other CMOs or, or listen to people who are very very different from me be it background or perspective so I'm gonna take that as a huge compliment thank you well, you're welcome. So recently you were named number five on the top 50 most innovative CMOs by Business Insider. And I'm sure you, you've won a lot of awards, but what do they, what does winning an award or being nominated to a list mean to somebody like yourself? Aside from being sort of vaguely embarrassing, um, what I, tr you know, I'm, I'm proud because I'm proud of our team. And, you know, when, when I get recognized, uh, what means the most, I think, is it's recognizing the work of a, a group of people in a body of work. And I love that. I mean, I, I try to remember there's this expression, you know, you're never as good as you are on your best day and never as bad as you are on your worst. And I think that kind of keeps all of us humble. Uh, that and my husband keeps me incredibly humble. So, um, but I, I think in the end, and it's, it's just a nice, really nice validation for the work that an extremely talented group of, of people in corporate marketing at GE do. And, and that makes me feel good. Well, good. So transitioning to talk a little bit about GE, as CMO of GE, you've got a ton of stakeholders from you know internal ones like employees or your peers and business unit leaders to external in terms of recruiting new talent and obviously investors and probably even more importantly, customers. How do you, you know, how do these diverse stakeholders factor into your marketing efforts? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think this is one of the, the great challenges, but, but it's also always an opportunity. I think there are certain things about GE and about our brand that are, um, that are a bit universal, that we want all of our audiences to know. We want all of our audiences to know that we're a company that is um, deeply rooted in innovation, technology, um, deeply rooted in R&D, literally going all the way back to, you know, 125 years, our founder, Thomas Edison. We want, I think, all of these different audiences to, to know the GE of today, 
a GE that's in, you know, really three major industries, health, transportation, and, and energy. That wasn't the case when I joined, you know, more than a more than a decade ago. We've really, Jeff Immelt, our chairman, has really focused the portfolio, and we want them to know about, you know, the, our journey to be a digital industrial company, which I suspect we'll wind up talking about. However, we need to also be really conscious when we're talking to different stakeholder groups, what their pain points are, what's on their mind, what interests them. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of this combination, Ellen, of thinking horizontally as well as thinking vertically about these different audiences. And and that's something we're spending a lot of time on. You know, we we have, I, I think, done some, some uh, quite good content. Um, the team has done some quite good content. And we've taken, if you will, sort of a, a bit of a content first approach. I think going forward, and this is not just us, I think this is marketers in, in general, we're trying to be much more audience first, audience centric. So I think as we think about any one of these audiences, you know, potential retail investors, retail investors are a big part of our portfolio, nearly 40%. We're going to be thinking much more surgically about their, their different needs. You mentioned that GE has been driving this transition from kind of what I would call an industrial mega corporation to really the world's largest digital startup. I'm curious, one, how's that transition going? Um, and, and more specifically, maybe the brand efforts around that you lead. Yeah, so I would say we're we're five years into what is a huge transformation for the company into you know sort of the world's leading digital industrial company, a company that makes things, manufactures, which we have and obviously will continue to do, but also connects things. And what I mean by that is how can GE using data, analytics, and insights help our customers be more productive, help our customers reduce downtime, which in industry is, is not something you're looking for. We've built in the last couple of years an operating system for, for industry called Predix. It's a as you would imagine, coming from GE, uh, incredibly secure platform, sort of industrial strength because of the terabytes of data that we store. So, you know, our customers are looking for not just products, not just services, but solutions and increasingly outcomes. And so we are looking to drive outcomes of productivity, be that for a rail customer or for a hospital or for a, a, a power plant. And it is... Uh, it's it's huge. It permeates everything we are we are doing at GE. It permeates the people we hire, and that kind of brings to us to the, you know, the question you asked about the brand campaign. Which um, so you know a bit of background. I think when we talk about becoming a digital industrial company, you know we we were looking to convey this in a, in a pretty simple way. Um, what does that mean? And so we chose to be fairly self-deprecating. We uh, at GE, you know, I think many people know what we do. Many people know that we manufacture, but a lot of people, certainly a couple of years ago when we, when we were conceiving of the campaign, didn't know we were becoming a software company. So we poked a little fun at ourselves. We had a fictional uh, character named Owen, who is a software uh, developer who got his first job at, at GE, and his friends and his family are, are baffled. And it was an opportunity, that bafflement <laughs> led us to an opportunity for him to explain why in the world he would go to GE and it was humorous and memorable and engaging and um, 
I'm particularly proud of the fact that it, it was impactful. Um, while it was not meant to be a recruiting campaign, you know, recruiting um, was up like eightfold as a result of it. So it was a good, simple way to tell this story that was that was memorable. So uh, so we're we're proud of the effort. Well, I like the storytelling component and and the fact that you can probably target all those stakeholders that we talked about, really trying to challenge their conceptions of what they think GE is. So congrats. It's a great observation. I actually think it did. It hit on on all of them. I think because the message was simple and impactful, I think a lot of people could find themselves in it, whether they were considering a, a, a job at GE or a partnership with us or um, hopefully buying our stock. So Owen is a great example of of some of the unconventional B2B marketing that I found as I was preparing for this interview. Um, But I also saw short films and then things that you're doing in digital and e-commerce initiatives. Can you kind of elaborate on a few of those and, and, and give us a sense of how they're helping the company? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, look, you used the word storytelling before, so so I'll use it here. I think, you know, to to work at GE and to know GE is to fall in love with GE. And uh, we're a company of 300,000 employees who are who have deep pride in what we do and and sort of the the work we're trying to do has a has an impact on, you know, kind of creating a better way for the world. And that is that is very true here. So why am I telling you that? What we try to do very hard in our storytelling is to bring that pride, that humanity, that personality to life and to be very, um, not very corporate in how we do it. You know, because we're a brand that's that's well-known, 125 years later, top 10 brand in, in the world, people know certain things about GE. And I think when we approach our storytelling in a way that's unexpected, unexpected in terms of the platform that we're on, the format or the media that we use, the 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 people who are telling that story, it causes uh, folks to sort of take a second look at us and and reinforce what I think is great about GA, you know, a company that's always about progress, but also humanize us. So a couple examples there, you you, uh, you mentioned, you know, short films. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing things like a series this past year called Unimpossible Missions, where we debunked uh, common phrases like a snowball's chance in hell by showing how GE material science actually can let a snowball <laughs> um, go to, to the, the you know supremely hot temperatures and not melt because our material science is such that it can can protect against that and it's you know the same materials that we use in jet engines what what have you we've um, had fun with data uh, data I think is one of those things you hear big data and you just want to get your pillow out right and go to sleep so you know we we chose this concept of <laughs> don't laugh barbecue which is how do you uh, <laughs> How do you make this relatable? And we created a 12-foot super smoker that we brought along to college campuses and had brilliant tailgate parties where we invited uh, recruits to come and spend time with us. And the the, uh, super smoker smoked brisket to a certain degree, certain temperature. We had a pit master who was focused on the analytics around this. So again, unconventional way to tell our stories. We've used everything from emojis to talk about science. We created an emoji 
periodic table. We put our materials in uh, a pair of sneakers to commemorate the, the moon landing that GE was a part of. So, you know, we look for unexpected ways in that are um, opportunities to engage, to humanize, to, uh, to bring the company to life. So, so those are, you know, some of the things I, I might speak to. Picking up on two things you said, one is um, finding GE in unexpected places, whether that's the platforms that you pick or other avenues. Um, And then the second part, which is really humanizing the company. Those are two elements that you don't typically hear in the B2B environment. And I'm just curious if you want to comment on, you know, why are those so important to you at GE? And do you think other B2B marketers should be taking note? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. I'm always shocked that other B2B marketers don't think this way. Now, maybe that's because this is how I think, but I, you know, a colleague of mine here at GE has this great expression, which is business leaders don't log on to a different internet at night. I think in the end, our customers, our partners, potential employees are looking at GE through the same lens and through the same channels um, and the same medium that they are everything else. And I I think to try to create something that is um, that has a a different tonality is is it's just wrong minded. I mean, the expression I, I actually prefer is B to H, business to human. You know, we do business with human beings, um, and human beings do business with us. You know, as much as I love our company and our brand, nobody calls and says, "Can I speak to GE?" <laughs> so, you know, it's it's got to be about humanity. And the funny thing to me is so-called B2B marketers, you're making me use that phrase, which I don't like. <laughs> um, we're actually the very first out there in terms of relationship marketing. And somehow I think we've got to just keep that in mind. Right. Well, very good points. Very good points. So how do you, do you have a framework or, or kind of guiding principles of how you think about marketing at GE? Maybe even more importantly, how that marketing needs to ultimately contribute to the business results? Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about this, as you would imagine. And um, we have a framework. Um, It's a good framework. We call it sort of our growth loop because marketing in the end is about driving business growth. It's about driving growth for, for our brand, for our business, for our share owners. And so it's pretty simple. You know, it's about number one, creating markets, 
number two, shaping opportunities, and number three, capturing demand. So let's just maybe take one second, I'll break it down a little bit. So creating markets, what are the new markets we should be in? The one that I, I love, because it goes all the way back to the beginning, is you know my, my colleagues are, are reinventing the light bulb company, the company that Thomas Edison literally founded to be a company that's about intelligent environments um, and connected LEDs. That's about creating a market. Shaping opportunities is looking at uh, what the market needs, looking at available data, figuring out how we can use that to, to create good solutions. You asked me about commerce before and I forgot to mention it, so I will now. You know, right now we're, we're incubating a business around digital commerce for uh, slow moving inventory for used parts. There's a market need for that. We saw that because we saw our customers going to buy our parts other places. So we thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity for us. And capturing demand, I think, is the is the you know the lifeblood of, of marketers, right? How do we how do we make sure that we're where our customers are looking and supplying the information and services to make it easy to do business with us. So so that's a framework we use. You know, I think, you know, some people talk about box one, box two, box three. I think there's similarities, but but this one has has resonated here and uh, and it's completely tied to your question to driving results for, for the company. So uh, one more question kind of around how you kind of organize marketing, if you will. You, you're very distributed. I mean, in, in all the different business units and, and subunits within those. Um, how do you how do you manage that? I mean, that's that's a lot of folks across a lot of different industries or sectors. How does planning happen? Is it bottoms up? top down a combination of both and then just yourself as one substantial leader how do you manage all of that complexity so i'd say um a couple things we are a hybrid you know we, we are both distributed and in some ways centralized so what's centralized is corporate marketing the brand is is something that you know we really look after here my team looks after and and the the storytelling the a lot of the storytelling obviously not all of it the big themes of the company how we bring to life our chairman and our business leaders vision of a company that's a digital industrial company is something that that we we take the lead on um, however you know the work that we do is something that comes to life locally and comes to life within each of our businesses so that you know we have amazing CMOs at each of our businesses um, health energy etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think of two things that might be useful one is this idea of freedom in a framework and I think the framework that we talked about a minute ago our so-called growth loop is a framework but how it's implemented how it comes to life is something that absolutely has to be done locally has to be done regionally has to be done in business i will say though because i think this is important on uh and it's something it's kind of a point of pride is we're gritty you know i think maybe it's our manufacturing roots that make us that way but we're kind of a gritty organization we we're not very large as marketing organizations go our entire corporate global corporate marketing team is i don't know 20 people or something i mean it's really really wow small and so we're lean we um you know ge is um <laughs> this could be its own podcast which we won't make it but <laughs> ultimate matrix which means we rely on each other 
right? We, we count on each other to get great work done. So, um, you know, I'd say it's, it's centralized, it's federated at different times, it's all of the above. But when we, wo- when we row in one direction, when we launch something like the industrial internet, which we did as a company five years ago, and we were about first driving Mindshare, even before there was a market there, wow, it's powerful. Great. So what do you think about the job of marketing leader? What's your top job, if you will, both inside and outside the organization? Mm. You know, the first word that came to mind, I'm sure it's because of that Steve Jobs movie, is being an orchestra conductor. You know, I think you've got to be able to have the, the right people and pieces in place. Otherwise, nothing really works well. But you do need to be able to figure out uh, what to tap when. So, so that analogy comes to mind almost immediately. I would say that, um, you know, what's what's really important to me is to is to be a, sort of a hunter, a growth hunter, a story hunter, to know, to, to be completely aligned with the priorities of GE, the business priorities, to have your finger on the pulse of, of what is critical to 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 our company, in, in this case, it's, as we've talked about a few times, you know, becoming this preeminent digital and industrial brand. To know when to go deep, I mean, I, I'd say the challenge, because we should be super honest on this, is um, my personal challenge is I like to roll up my sleeves. I like to contribute. I like to be part of conversations. So, But you have to pick and choose when you do that, which is what I try to do. I, I love media, love it, obsessed with sort of, you know, how people communicate and, and various channels. So I'll go deeper there than I will on something else. So, so I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit of those things. And then the other thing that, that's incredibly important, I think for anybody, marketing or, or, or not, from a leadership point of view, is how do you create an environment for your team where they can succeed and grow? And, uh, you know, constantly it's, I think, it's about inserting yourself where you're most needed to remove hurdles, to clarify, to boost, uh, to have the back of the people who work for you. You know, those are the things I think as you, as you, you know, get up in your career that become essential. So now stepping back from the business and the job at hand, I'm curious, uh, what fuels you? What drives you to get up in the morning? I hate to lose. I think I hate to lose even more than I than I like to win. I just hate to lose. <laughs> so, um, I really do. I'm so competitive in that way. And it's not even, per- I'm not competitive with others. Well, I don't think I am. But I, I just, I want our brand to be the best. I want us to take the opportunity that's in front of us, which we do and have, I believe, and um, and bring it forward. I, I, you know, this is going to sound really corny, but the world needs GE, and you know what we do, supplying electricity to the still billion people in the world who don't have electricity, high quality healthcare in in remote, pardon me, regions that can be affordable. That gets you up in the morning and finding ways to do that that haven't been done before and kind of, you know, uh, partnering with with the my colleagues, the team, that is really, really motivating stuff, Alan. I mean, it's, you know, not only does it get you up in the morning, unfortunately, it gets you up in the middle of the night. 
That's right. That's right. Especially when you're, you know, hate to lose. It's all about effort. So what, what brands or companies are you following or do you think others might take notice of? Yeah. So um, I'm obsessed with Amazon. They seem to just keep getting it right. You know, Alexa, their artificial intelligence um, module, whatever you call it, device in right. people's homes, I think is the latest example of that, where they uh, they created something that now is all of a sudden seems vital that we didn't even know we needed. I mean, I, you know, Amazon keeps creating things that we didn't know we wanted and all of a sudden we need. Their user experience is superb. Uh, as a prime customer, clearly they are. They got into the content business fairly recently and are bringing home, you know, the top industry prizes for television and movies. So I am just enthralled with them. I, they're amazing. On a slightly different scale, if you will, I've been paying a lot of attention to uh, newsletters because I we're really interested, as I said before, in kind of this audience first approach. So I love what, what companies like The Skim are doing in terms of uh, super serving an audience. I think that's really, really interesting. So those are a couple that jump to mind. No, that's, that's fantastic. I think Amazon might be marriage saver. You know, Alexa never forgets to buy whatever it is at the store that I will always forget so to buy. Right? I hadn't even thought about that one. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm constantly forgetting what I've been told to do. So, um, so last last question. You know, you're 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 definitely out in you know different media types and and things like that. But I'm curious, where do you think marketing is going to go in the future, either as the function or as how we communicate with constituents? Yeah, look, I think we've touched on a lot of it in this conversation. I certainly think being more personal, more direct more fragmented franchised is very real. I think when, you know, the the data algorithms allow us to be very finely tuned in our messaging. So I think as brands, we need to be paying a lot of attention to that. What does true mass personalization look like? So that's on our minds, uh, on my mind. You know, we just talked about Alexa, AI, you know, what does this mean? Um, I, you know, I think about that classic marketing funnel for acquisition. And when you apply machine learning on top of that, what does that mean? I think it's a world which is about uh, learning, testing, building, iterating really fast, rapid response fast. So, uh, you know, those are things that that I think are important. You know, look, I, um, I fundamentally think creativity needs to be at the the heart of a lot of these discussions. And I'm not talking about creativity as in storyboard creativity. I'm talking about looking at things in in new ways, new lenses. Um, I I think that's that's really important. I think the the kinds of alliances that we're seeing with digital companies and and older media companies, if you will, are interesting to pay attention to. Where's it all gonna gonna kind of shake out? You know, clearly brands and GE's one of them are creating their own content. I don't know where that's going to wind up, but I think um, I think finding a way to to be, you know, the dreaded word authentic, but as authentic and honest um, as possible with your audiences and creating that relationship, those are all things that are that are important. So I don't know; those are those are a couple thoughts. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Well, Alan, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>